the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My two co-hosts, Mark Hoff and Nam Fon, are off again today. They're very, very busy doing what they're doing. Uh, our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away this, during this show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is miscellaneous trivia. Now, even though my two co-hosts are not here, I do have a special guest, Chris Odegaard from The Prolific Investor. Chris, welcome to The Best of Investing. Hey, Edward. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to this. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about what is The Prolific Investor? Well, The Prolific Investor is, is, is my company, and it's also the website, theprolificinvestor.net. And uh, it's mainly a, a blog site where I write articles about alternative investments and teaching people how to accelerate their wealth through alternatives rather than conventional investments. So that's the, okay. that's the platform. All right. So uh, now most of our audience is fairly sophisticated, but maybe there be there, there maybe there be maybe there be some uh, new listeners who maybe aren't so sophisticated. So uh, give us the definition of what an alternative investment is, please. Yeah. So it's easier to do it this way. Conventional investments are everything that's publicly traded, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and everything that's not publicly traded is pretty much an alternative. That would include every class of real estate, you know, notes, private equity, precious metals, cryptocurrency, uh, private lending, even cash value life insurance. So all the stuff that most people don't do because it's not at the push of a button, those are alternatives. Yeah, that was something that you can't easily liquidate right away because there's no public market for it. Gotcha. Okay, that sounds, uh, that's exactly the definition I would have given too. I like (laughs) that. Um, And and so I'm going to get into one of these questions you have. So why, in your opinion, are are alternative investments (laughs) superior? Because we're also, there's got to be some downside to it. And we'll talk about the pros and cons. So so I've compared... alternatives and conventional investments across 13 categories and said, you know, which one is better? And in the of the 13 categories, alternatives are superior in 11 of the categories. And one of them's neutral and one of them's in favor of conventional investments. And the only right. place where conventional investments uh, have a real advantage is what you just said, the liquidity. You can sell them at an instant. Which is interesting because, and, and I'll sort of, ta- if, I, if you don't mind, I'll kind of tag on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in the old days when I used to sell mutual funds, 
One of the issues that no load funds had was the fact that since you could get out of them at any time without kind of any kind of penalty, it potentially put a little bit more pressure on the portfolio manager compared to if you paid a commission up front, then you were less likely to just keep going in and out because of, of the commissions. Uh, and it gave the uh, manager a little bit more stability with regard to uh, what he could do with the money. He didn't have to keep a whole bunch of money in cash not earning anything. So there's the pro of being able to have liquidity, but then on the flip side, there is the con from, from that end of now that was mutual funds. So, yeah. And, and, and the con of liquidity is volatility, right? So they, they kind of go in opposite directions. So, so if you look at some of these other categories, so um, uh, alternatives, um, you know, give you, uh, give you more control in many cases uh, some of them have built-in tax efficiency called depreciation. Okay. They're they're generally less volatile because they're illiquid. Um, and a great thing that the banks will generally loan you money to buy an alternative, like an apartment building or stealth storage facility. If you walk into your bank and say, "Hey, I've got thirty thousand dollars, but I want to uh, buy a hundred thousand dollars of mutual funds," and you ask them to loan you the remaining seventy thousand, after they get done laughing, they'll explain to you that they don't do that. So Very can, interesting. Now so, you can you can margin uh, at fifty percent if it's that, uh, over five dollars. I think it's over five. Right. Years ago, that's what the rule was. If yeah, that, and, and that's true, and I and I hear that, so I don't disagree with that. But you, you, I think you'd be hard pressed to go out and initiate a loan to purchase uh, a conventional. A yeah, conventional. yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a, that's a good point because you you can generally still find a bank who will lend you you know at least sixty percent, right? You know, possibly seventy percent. Right. Uh, right. So so there is uh, that, that ability to borrow. Uh, of course, rates have gone up, but theoretically, you're going to be uh, making money on the borrowed money, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can insure alternative assets. You can insure your stock bond mutual fund portfolio. Um, you generally get higher returns. Uh, in some cases, you get cash flow. I mean, if you had a portfolio of all dividend producing stocks, you would have cash flow, but that's not the way most American investors do it. And uh, you get real diversification because when you're in the stock market in a conventional investment, you're only in one asset category, paper. You yeah. got no real assets. You got no uh, commodities. You got no private equity and small businesses. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they. I mean, when yeah. you look at all these advantages, I ask the question: Well, why would anybody be mostly in the stock market? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and we can talk about that a little because I do want to go back to some of the things that you were saying, kind of go bit by bit, and let's look sure. at the pros and cons because it's a very interesting topic. Okay, our first commercial break kind of we goes fast. I'll tell you. Uh, first trivia question. What TV evangelist was sent to prison for defrauding followers of his PTL ministry out of $158 million? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which, by the way, is worth over $100. So it's a nice little prize. Uh, Again, what TV evangelist was sent to prison for defrauding followers of his PTL ministry out of $158 million? Call 888-912-1190. Again, first caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The Answer. Now, back to 
the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Chris Odegaard. Uh, First trivia question. Let's see if Chris knows the answer to this. Uh, What TV evangelist was sent to prison for defrauding followers of his PTL ministry out of $158 million? Who was that? And Well, I think there were two parties. The one that I can think of was Tammy Faye Baker. I don't remember who... I thought it maybe it was her and her husband. Her husband, yes. I, Jim Baker, actually. Okay, the there you go. I couldn't remember that. Yeah. In fact, I remember hearing a story that he would send out for like 30 cinnamon rolls every single day, and he didn't eat them. He just liked the smell of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully someone ate them rather than yeah. all the waste. I hate the waste. Okay, so we're talking uh, to Chris Odegaard about alternative investments. And we kind of skimmed over really fast on on some of these. Uh, So there was the liquidity part, which, again, has its pros and cons to it. Uh, What was the next one you said about uh – was, um, was a, well, c- control was one of them. Control. Okay, so um, let, let's talk about the control for a minute. So well, yeah, control, uh, I, I think about, okay, the stock market, you can't control whether it's going to go up or down. You can't control whether, you know, IBM is going to make money or whatever. All you can control is if you want to buy it and when you want to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the control standpoint of the alternative investments, I mean, it depends on what you're investing in, right? Because right. if you're yeah. investing in, let's say, a limited partnership that has, you know, lots of real estate, you can't control necessarily that real estate. So what's the control you're thinking of on that? Well, and and I will use real estate most of the time as the example. I mean, let's take something a little bit simpler. Like if you have a single family rental, I mean, you you have a whole bunch of options to change the performance of of that asset. You can raise the rent, you can change your marketing, you can add amenities, um, you know, you can do all kinds of things to to change that. And, you know, with the, and I mostly invest through limited partnerships because I like to make the most amount of money with the least amount of my time. But, you know, the difference is I know the general partners on a first name. I can pick up the phone. And so now I don't have direct control, but the, you know, what I've done is partner with some of the best asset managers in a particular class and they have that control. Now I've relinquished a lot of it voluntarily because they're better at this than I am, but the people okay. running these deals have all that control. And, and I would say that if you know these people extremely well and you can trust them, that definitely is because it's very similar to uh, like a Pacific private money. They don't have a uh, partnership. Uh, it, they have different funds Mm-hmm. It, it, it would be somewhat similar, their LLCs, et cetera. But the interesting thing is there's liquidity in, in those funds. So yeah. even though the principal doesn't fluctuate, uh, there is liquidity either as little as 30 days or uh, in some cases you wait uh, till after you've been in for a year and then you right. can, can liquidate. On some of these partnerships you're talking about, what's the <laughs> lockup period or the expected time frame? Yeah, well, they're 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 all di- they're all different. Every deal can be structured different. The things that I invest in, you know, are limited partnerships where it's a single 
uh, entity Entity. asset. And so when when I'm in, I'm in for the duration. There is no liquidity, and I'm at the mercy of how the general partners run that. And typically, there's a business plan. And in in the real estate world, the typical one is to, you know, to buy these assets, you know, make them more efficient, make the physical improvements, refinance and sell and get your capital back. And that's typically a, you know, like a three to four year turn. So uh, that's kind of how long my money's tied up. But yeah, it's completely illiquid. How long long have you been doing this? Uh, um, I've been doing it since about, I I guess my mainstay now is, uh, is the apartment buildings. I've been doing that since 2018. So I'm just I'm just coming now into the sweet spot of where, you know, these things have been going on for four years. And now it's time to, you know, to sell, refinance and have a big chunk of, you know, liquidity come into your bank account. Well, okay, so let me ask you on these limited partnerships. What are the upfront fees that the uh, sponsor is taking up front? You know, I honestly can't tell you. I'm not. Oh, okay. I can't tell you. I don't. I could tell you. I don't. I just don't know. Well, you don't have. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I just. I sprung that question on you. Just yeah. Because, I'll tell you the reason I'm asking. Because yeah. I, I used to do uh, financial consulting uh, all the way back to 1983, I think. Mm-hmm. And in those days, unfortunately, the sponsors were taking a lot of mm-hmm. uh, money up front, as high as 20. Yeah. percent uh, You know, for fees organization costs, et cetera. And, uh, and then they would leverage the property with, uh, right. you know, with debt and all that. And, you know, everyone's happy when you're making money, but right. things turn around a little bit and you say, gosh, all that money went out to all these fees ahead right. of time. So uh, that's why that's why I was asking. Yeah. You just well, I, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you a little bit about, it. I mean, you know, these, these are companies, they have to pay their employees and the general managers, you yeah. know, are in this to, to make money as well. And I like to think of it in terms of how we're aligned. Yeah. So the, yeah. the, so this particular company that I use the most is on a speed model. They go, Hey, if I can do, if everybody else is doing this in 60 months and I can do it in 48 months, then yeah. that just drives up the return. True. And so they, the general partners don't get their profit share until I've received all of my principal back. Gotcha. So okay, that means so that the other thing is it's got to be structured in such a yeah. way that your interests are aligned and that right. they prefer pre- that the limited partner has preference. Yeah. And yeah. I will tell you just from, you know, very recent experience, like right now and tomorrow, here's how these things have been working. Uh, these, these, the apartments that I invested in, in 2018. And so basically I wire off my money and then I like to say in, in about 48 months, it comes back with twice as many friends. So I'm doubling my <laughs> investment every four years. And how, that is. I, I, let, let me ask you, are, are you getting monthly distributions on that? No, these are, no, this okay. is not, these are not, this is not a cash flow play. And this is a, this is a balance sheet building exercise. Okay. And you know, what I've kind of come to realize is it's, you know, you know, if it's really hard to have an investment that's going to both appreciate and throw off you know, a lot of cash. I mean, well, if especially you had if a, they want to take the cash and put it back into the property. But yeah. if they're doing apartments, you would think that they are, uh, you know, getting decent cash flow. Are there, are there, is there much leverage on the uh, asset? It, it's a conservative amount of leverage. I want to say somewhere between 60 and 70. Okay. But, right. uh, well, but yeah, but there, I mean, there, there are, there are deals that I'm in where I'm getting, you know, you know, let's say I've got a hundred thousand dollars in a limited partnership. I can pull off, you know, generally about $500 a month, but this other ones are not like that. And, but think about it this way. If, you know, if I'm doubling my money every four years, oh, yeah. um, you know, so That's when great. the money, when the money doubles, 
here's what I do. I go, okay, I'm going to take a certain percentage of that and I'm going to reinvest it. Let's say 75%. I don't, you know what, I haven't decided what the number is going to be when the next one comes in tomorrow. Sure. So, and then yeah. I can take uh, the other 25% and I can put that in the bank account and I say, this is my cash flow. And yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to divvy that out every month. And then, uh, and then as the next year rolls by, another liquidity event happens and I, I generate another bucket that I yeah. use for cash flow. So I'm finding appreciation is actually the better way to go and create your cash flow. That Especially way. if your net rate return is quite high. Tell you what, we're going to uh, cut to another commercial break before we do want to mention here for the Palio restaurant in San Francisco. I've eaten there before. Fantastic food. I, they got a new chef a couple of years ago and it's phenomenal. In fact, even people in San Francisco say it's the best restaurant in san francisco so if the locals say it's good yet you gotta know it's good that's gotta be good a-l-i-o palio restaurant in san francisco all right our second trivia question the city of machu picchu is located in what country call 888-912-1190 first caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate again that's worth over a hundred dollars uh, the city of Machu Picchu is located in which country? Stay with us. The best to invest. You'll be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Chris Odegaard. Let's first answer the uh, trivia question here. What uh, The city of Machu Picchu is located in what country? Do you know that one, Chris? Oh, gosh. I, I want to say Peru. Yes, <laughs> you should say Peru. That is the correct answer. Very good. All right. Um, so, Chris, when you're looking at alternative investments, specifically these real estate partnerships, uh, there must be certain ones you really like. You know, what, what are you looking for when you're analyzing which ones to invest in? Yeah, this is such a great question. And um, what I'm looking for is it comes to me recommend, highly recommended from somebody else that I okay. know, like, and trust. Um, you know, there are books been written and there are people that here's the 100 point checklist that you go through when you're evaluating a syndicator. But basically what I do is I belong to a couple groups of people that do these types of investment investing where there are yeah. forums and, yeah. and, and, and I can go in and say, okay, I'm really interested in this particular syndicator. Let me go to the chat room and see who's done something with them and what their experience has been. Gotcha. Have, so, you, have you had any bad experiences yet? Um, yes, I have. Yes, okay. I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of bad experiences. And, and, and what happened? Tell us a story, you know, without uh, getting well, into names and that sort of thing. Well, I can, I can, I can, I could just, I'll just say these two words, Ponzi scheme. Oh, and gosh. So um, oh. one thing, and we were talking during, we were talking during the break is that this is one of the disadvantages of alternatives. You know, if you have a publicly traded money, it's gone through all a publicly traded company. It's gone through all the scrutiny of the SEC to get listed on this stock. Yeah, exchange. but there's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. I'll tell you, in the in the 70s uh, yeah. and then going into the 80s, uh, sometimes the accountants 
the yeah. big the big CBA firms yeah. were in on it because yeah. well, what happened is if you're you know XYZ company and you're paying fifty million dollars for the audit and you have uh, potentially a qualified opinion and you want it uh, to be regular opinion, uh, they've been like, well, if you want to be our auditors next year, right. you'll make this a, 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 an unqualified opinion. Yeah. And, okay, and then things went bad. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, it's it's not that yeah. it doesn't happen. We've heard of the Enrons and the Wells yeah. Fargo. Yeah, and exactly. uh, Volkswagen most recently, but I, I just feel like it's it, it would it would be easier to fall into a bad operator in this private alternative investment space. You got to be very sure. Careful. That's absolutely true. Yeah, it is regulated, but not as scrutinized. That, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a very good point. Yeah, it's very interesting. I was mentioning off the air too that uh, for literally twenty years I had been solicited because I had my securities license back then. I uh, don't have it anymore. Uh, where people were, um, you know, hey, sell this investment to your investors base, blah, blah, blah. And I look at it and, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, interestingly enough, Mark Honf and I started doing the radio show uh, back in 2010. And we actually didn't do any business together. We just did the radio show. Mm-hmm. And then after about three years, when he knew um, that I had a lot of experience in this uh, and he wanted to start a fund, uh, I kind of helped in, in the guidance. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and so he asked me to, to help raise money for it. And I said, you know, Mark, I've gotten to know you for three years now and you're a pretty decent guy. Uh, I, I can sleep. I think I can sleep well at night helping you, you know? <laughs> right. And so I, I started helping them back in 2013 and we've, we've raised you know a lot of money. Right. And so far every investor has been happy. You know, no one's ever right. lost money and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. No Ponzi scheme, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is good. But, but interestingly enough, and I don't, I don't know what kind of rate of return you're looking for. I mean, you did say double it in, in four years, which obviously would be, you know, tremendous. That's in the 25 25- Around that's those are typically around the twenty five percent average annual return. Yeah, simple uh, simple rate of return, which is probably about twenty percent annualized, but uh, which is still fantastic. Um, so with uh, Pacific Private Money, like their one one of their specific funds is called the Freedom Fund, and that one pays uh, either seven, eight, or nine percent, depending upon if you put in two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, or a million. Mm-hmm. But it pays monthly distributions. Mm. Right. No, and there's no lockup. You just give them 30 days notice when you want your money back. So right. what some people do is they deposit a lot of money there as a sort of like a money market account, but they can't write checks on it. And right. then until they find their next, you know, alternative investment or right. uh, stock market, they're waiting for it to rebound, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, where else can you get on a li- somewhat, you know, fairly liquid yeah. asset that doesn't fl- fluctuate in principle? Where can you get seven to nine percent in today's market? No, that, that's great. And, yeah, and if you and if you don't do something like that, and you have all that money sitting in the bank, you guarantee that you're losing seven to nine percent a year with, with the official inflation yeah. and more with the actual inflation. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, it's really interesting because I got a call today from a client who already has seven figures in this fund, and he wants to add another five hundred thousand. And we talked about it, and he he said, you know, I, I feel comfortable with you guys, and. Uh, you know, I understand what's going on and, you know, I've got enough money for my inventory, but I've got this 500000 extra that's sitting around earning, you know, close to zero. Um, so I said, well, listen, I'm not going to push you one way or the other, but, yeah. you know, we've got enough business to keep us busy uh, at Pacific Private Money. So, you know, if you feel comfortable, because uh, remember, you just have to give 30 days notice when you want your money back. Right. Right. So for more information on that, go to Pacific privatemoney.com. So now, Chris, you are the prolific investor. Um, now, 
do you make your money doing the blog or is it no, just, no. okay. I, yeah. well, what do you, what do you do for a living? No, then? I, I, I live off my passive income. So, there you, uh, go. you know, I, I guess I, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, um, the prolific investor blog side, I'm really just interested in helping people. It's not a money making thing. And good for uh, you. yeah. So yeah. The, oh, so although I, did you, I was gonna say, how did you make your money? Well, I was I was an employee for for uh, for many decades, and okay. uh, and I was a, a conventional investor in four hundred one k's until my mid forties, and then I had this huge illiquidity event where I lost fifty five percent of my assets, a thousand dollars of month in cash flow. Could have been for mm. anything. Mine happened to be a divorce. Ah, and then I, I happened to read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh yeah, sure. My wife and, likes and that I, book. Yeah, and I moved from conventional to alternatives, and in nine years, I made all that up. Multiplied it many times over. Never awesome. Have to work again. Anyway, we're going to get into that because I also want to talk about the four hundred one k things. But mm -hmm. okay, so uh, here's third trivia question: What nursery rhyme is believed to be associated with King Richard the Third, who was defeated at the Battle of Bosworth in fourteen eighty five? Call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of best. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Chris Odegaard. All right, our third trivia question. What nursery rhyme is believed to be associated with King Richard III, who was defeated at the Battle of Bosworth in 1485? I, I know you no know the nursery rhyme. You just may not know if it's I, Yeah, I might not know the association. Okay. Sounds like something to do with Robin Hood or something. But. No, 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 actually... Uh, no, the Robin Hood would have been with uh, the Magna Carta, John, okay. uh, John, King John. Uh, but anyway, Humpty Dumpty. Oh, so Humpty Dumpty. The reason they called him that is because uh, King Richard the Third had uh, some kind of hunchback, mm. uh, and then he was a little bit rotund, I guess. Uh, and Wall was the name of his horse. So Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, meaning his yeah. horse. He had a great ball, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, so, how about that? Anyway, that's a kind of kind of a, 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 a little bit of useless trivia. Okay. <laughs> so now, Chris, one of the things when you had uh, said that you wanted to be on the show was why 401ks do not work for 92% of the population. I'm waiting to hear the answer on this one. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so um, in conventional investing, and you you might know this, uh, you know the the typical um, financial advisor uses something called the four percent rule. Yeah, and the four percent. So it's conventional investing is you build up this mountain of mutual funds that don't produce cash flow. So when you want to stop working, you have to sell off those assets at a little bit at a time so you can produce the cash flow to fund your lifestyle. Yeah, and and the rule is the four percent rule, which says okay, you can probably sell off four percent of your assets a year and not run out of money while you're still alive. And that theoretically, that and theoretically, if you earn zero percent and you lived only twenty five years. That equation would be a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> okay. So if you if you, so, and then the, the question that most people ask is, well, how much money do I need to have to retire? And I think that's the wrong question. But when you approach it from that direction, you you, you the question you should be asking is, what type of income do I want to have in retirement? So let's yeah. say the let's say you'll just pick a number and say it's a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. Well, if you want to have a hundred thousand dollars in your retirement. 
and you pick the and you use the you back into the four percent rule, that puts your portfolio at two point five million dollars. How many Americans? How many Americans are ever millionaires? Much less multimillionaires, eight percent of the population. So that means I'm surprised this, even that high. But go this ahead. whole thing doesn't work for ninety-two percent of the population. Okay, well that's the four percent rule. But how does that work though with, with the question of why four one ks don't work? Because that's the main that's the main place where everybody puts their money. Oh, okay. Because you know it's interesting. I've I've heard some advisors say. Instead of doing a 401k, you should just pay the tax and then put it into a Roth. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, if you well, can. And it's like, yeah, that's uh, a, well, but I mean, <laughs> so I mean, most Americans are saving for retirement in their 401k. And let's just say, let's say, let's say I was being greedy. $100,000 is too much. Let's go with the median income, which is around 60, 63. If you apply the, the 4% rule to that, you're still at one point. Five million dollars. So it still excludes. Sure. Well, okay. So the four hundred one k. You weren't really talking about that specific vehicle because you can. You can, let's say you love those real estate limited partnerships. You can put that inside of the four hundred one k. You're just yes. sort of wasting the depreciation yes. aspect. Right, of it. right, right. But the but I always say economics first, taxes second. Right, so, right, right. You know, if you're going to really let's say double your money in four years, yeah. that's a great place to put in your 401k. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah, you're you're right. It okay. doesn't really. Well, okay. I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about why 401k suck. But well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. But but so that well, that one that statement applies to the conventional wisdom of building this mountain of money. Most people will never have the million dollars or more that it takes to live at the median income. And now the rule, sure. they're finding out the rule isn't working. So now it's the 3% rule. So that just <laughs> makes the situation even How about worse. the negative 1% rule? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah so well, the, well, okay. So, so I can see why the, they, meaning the, you know, typical uh, advisor is changed, has changed it from 4% to 3% because interest rates drop so low. Mm-hmm. And and so theoretically, you know, you're you weren't you're not making twelve percent on your money anymore. You're making right. you know, seven or eight percent if you're doing well in in whatever investments. And that's why it's yeah. you know it, it, that's the, I think I believe that's the theory, right? It's like yeah. if I'm making seven percent on my money and I only drag out three percent, the other four percent will continue to grow. Yeah. And then theoretically, you keep up with inflation. Hopefully, yeah. I mean. And I, and I tend to, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that go into that formula, but I try, I just tend to focus on the large macro thing and we can say, okay, you, how, how many people are going to have this amount of money in, in, in a qualified plan or a non-qualified plan? And most of them just aren't going to get there. No, I'm going to be working two years after I die. <laughs> yeah, you can't, but, can't you know, afford to retire, right? Yeah, but think about the, the two big selling points of 401ks and IRAs are the fact that somebody else is contributing money into there in the form of a company match yeah. and the tax benefits. Correct. So if you if you said, okay, I'm going to put $30,000 into my 401k in this particular year, uh-huh. and you calculated the value of the one-time match and the one-time tax benefit, and you compared that to another investment that gives you the same thing, somebody else's money, 
uh, and a tax benefit called a single family rental. And there you would take the same $30,000, you would go to the bank, you'd get a loan for 70. And so you'd have a $100,000 asset, but you still have other people's money in the form of somebody paying the rent every month, and you still get depreciation for the next 27 and a half years. So the value... But can't you, uh, again, forgetting the fact that you lose tax benefits within the IRA from from depreciation, of course, you don't have to recapture it either. No, I'm not not talking about doing it inside the IRA. I'm just saying a $30,000 investment in the 401k and mutual funds versus a $30,000 investment outside in a single family rental. you You could do, you can buy a single family rental in your IRA, can't you? You can, and, okay. and, and, and not okay. yeah, in certain okay. IRAs. But if you just if you yeah. compared, if you did the thirty thousand in your four hundred one k for mutual funds and took a thirty thousand uh, outside okay, and did you. a single family okay. rental, and then you compared okay. the value of the other people's money in the form of the match yeah. and somebody else paying off your mortgage and the tax benefits, the single family, the benefits on the single family rental side are almost three times greater. Than that well, of, well, the main reason is that you're borrowing the money from the bank at a lower rate, and it does not grow because they, they don't get to participate in any of the growth. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm just saying you get yeah. you get a, you get somebody it's else's money, and you get tax benefits, and the benefits are yeah. more than these great selling points that we're we're told about the 401k. Well, so you'd be better off accumulating a single family residence every one or two years. And then plowing that money into the full, you'd be better from a return. Now, here's the thing is, is the single family residence, depending upon where you live, you know, can you buy a house for 30,000? I mean, you, you, you know, or I'm sorry, for a hundred thousand yeah, right. uh, with 30,000 down. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause the, in in some fact, places, one, one of the yeah. things you got to be concerned about, if I'm not mistaken, is the UBTI inside of the um, uh, 401k or IRA. If you did it inside of 401k. Yeah, yeah because right. of, the, of the borrowing aspect yeah. of it. Tell you what, we've got uh, 30 seconds. Uh, you know, uh, Chris, uh, tell us uh, information on your uh, Prolific Investor blog so that in case the audience uh, is interested in uh, uh, linking up with you. Yeah, that's yeah. Everything about me is at the prolific dot net. Uh, I wrote a book okay. last year called "Get Off Your Ass and Manage Your Money: Why You Need Alternative okay. Investments," and you can link to that right there. Okay. Um, all the articles and videos, and there's a coffee cup in the middle of the page. If anybody wants to have a free thirty minute, you know, virtual coffee with me on a, a video conference like this, I set aside Thursdays to do that, and you can link to my schedule. So, yeah, okay. everything's at the prolificinvestor dot net. Very good. All right, audience, stay with us. We already did our trivia questions. Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host. Uh, my special guest, Chris Odegaard. Um, we didn't have a trivia question, but um, I, I did want to mention, you know, with regard to IRAs, 401ks, and like Roth IRAs. So I, I have been a bit, big proponent of IRAs and 401ks, especially if the employer matches it, because it's free. It is free money. And I like the fact of when you, if it's a deductible uh, IRA, uh, because effectively you, that's just that much more money in your pocket versus giving it to the government. And it's effectively a hundred percent guaranteed 
versus if you don't do an IRA, you, you're going to be paying taxes, you know. Um, and then some people have said, well, you know, go and pay your taxes and then do a Roth IRA if you can. And the concern I have personally is someday I think there's going to be too much money in Roth IRAs <laughs> and the government is going to change the rules. Now, they, they may not come right. And I've said this before on the radio. So audience, please forgive me if you've heard this before. They may not say specifically, yeah, well, we're going to just change the rules and you guys are just going to have to pay taxes on it. What they'll do is they'll say uh, you have to report all of your income or assets on the tax return, but you don't have to pay taxes on it. However, it's going to alter the tax uh, bracket or rate on all your other income. Like they do that now, if you have a private municipal bond interest, you have to report um, how much activity bond, they call them private activity bonds, because it affects other things on your tax return. So even though you don't pay tax on your municipal bonds, certain bonds will trigger uh, other kinds of uh, income tax. So I, I look at that. I, now that hasn't happened yet with Roth IRAs, but I'm just kind of waiting. Yeah. So. Well, the, you know, the government can always change the rules. And here, yes. here, if, if there's time, there's one more little thing about the. Well, there's lots of them, but yeah. you know, when you put your money in a 401k, you defer the taxes out into the future. But when you pull it out, it's at ordinary income rates, which are the highest yes. and they're the highest to shelter. So let's say you're going to pull. Let's say you have this big portfolio. And when you pull it out, you're going to be pulling it out at a, you know, let's say a 24 percent bracket. Yep. Well, if you would put all that money into your Charles Schwab or Fidelia account outside of the 401k or IRA, when you pull it out, guess what it's going to be? Right now, it's going to be long-term capital gains at 15%. So you're actually going to spend more in taxes when you're pulling that money out of the 401k in the future than however, you are. However, 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 when you put money into the IRA or 401k, you're getting an ordinary income tax deduction deductionable. Right, right. It's, it's, you're, not, yes. you're, not, you're not worried about the, the capital gains portion yeah. because you're coming, it's coming right off the top. Yeah, it's so, apples and apples. You're saving yeah. the ordinary rate and you're going to pay it at the ordinary rate. Correct. Now, now the thing, the, the point that you make that that's good is that if your IRA grows uh, by certain assets that would be ordinarily taxed at capital gain rates, eventually if they're in your IRA uh, and they grow a lot uh, large, uh, then when you pull them out, it'll be ordinary income compared to capital gains. Of course, who knows what capital gains are going to be in 10, 20 years, 30 years. They may just say, eh, you know, all the all income is going to be taxed at a certain rate, which yeah. is interesting. Do you know, I, we did a, someone did an analysis many years ago. If the government would lower the capital gains tax rate to something ridiculously low, like 9%, they could potentially wipe out the deficit. Not, of course, now it's like thirty trillion, but that so it wouldn't happen. But when it was like five trillion, they could wipe it out in about two years because you have these uber uber ultra wealthy people who are sitting on multi billions of dollars yeah. uh, that they don't want to pay taxes on. But if you said, "Hey, listen, why don't you just pay nine percent?" Boom, that would yeah, free right. it up. No, so yeah. we're gonna cut. We're gonna, Chris Odegaard. Thank you so much. You've been a, an absolute um, pleasant uh, guest on the radio show. Thanks for <laughs> having me on, Edward. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, so we're gonna go to our thoughts today. So I was going to buy a book on phobias, but I was afraid it wasn't gonna help me. <laughs> and uh, how did the skeleton know it was going to rain on Halloween? He felt it in his bones. 
<laughs> All right. And with those dad jokes, tune in next week to the best of investing. To, wow, let me try that again. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.